So as you know, there's been... Uh Two, three weeks now of headline-generating news coming out of the investigative news department at Global and the Globe and Mail. Now, before I go any further, Han Dong, um, the li- former Liberal MP, now Independent MP, whose name came up as part of this reporting, uh, and it was alleged that uh, he was the target of a CSIS operation and all the rest of that stuff. He has announced today that he is filing a lawsuit against uh, Global News and Chorus Entertainment. So we'll see where that goes. He'd said he was going to do that. Um, and now he did release a statement today saying that that is his plan. Now, at the center of all this reporting and everything that's been going on are national intelligence documents and anonymous sources. And that generates another area of concern on top of what those documents and sources have been alleging. Who's leaking this intelligence to the media and why? Why are they going this route? Questions that themselves are now going to be the subject of multiple investigations, too. And joining us to chat about that is Andrew Kirsch, a former intelligence officer with CSIS, also an author of I Was Never Here. So, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. I do appreciate your time today. Thank you for uh, having me on your show. Yeah, you've been uh, pretty vocal on social media asking uh, some questions that I think a lot of people uh, have been asking. Um, to start, uh, the whistleblower or the leaker or whatever we're going to designate him as or her as, um, is this the wrong way to go in your mind, going to the media as an anonymous source and leaking of the documents? Well, uh, look, I, I uh, classify them as a leaker, and I think this is the wrong way to go in a sense of uh, leaking classified sensitive information is incredibly damaging and harmful to our national security efforts. I mean, we, uh, as a former intelligence officer with thesis, I promised confidentiality to my informants. Uh, we share information with our partners, receive information from our partners uh, that we you know, are trying to protect and keep uh, confidential. And so when that gets out, that's a, that's a bad look. We lose trust. In our sources and our allies, and so I'm I'm hypersensitive to to leaking. Now I understand why uh, we are reporting on this. I, I understand that journalists are doing uh, what they're doing, but uh, you know I had some real problems with uh, leaking. And I think that you know this is this is a case of leaker, not a whistleblower. I mean they are reporting on sensitive information uh, that was passed along, that was uh, written in reports and distributed widely. Uh, it was not uncovering wrongdoing uh, at the at the agencies, at CSIS, or, um, you know, that information was not being sent out. It was. It was just this person felt like uh, people were not acting on it. And I think that's a different conversation uh, than, you know, were the intelligence agencies doing their job and did they have the right information? Yeah, a couple of things you talk about. I think you make a really good distinction in terms of is he a whistleblower, is he a leaker, because we have whistleblower protections in this country, but not when it comes to national intelligence. CSIS does not afford the same protection to somebody like this. They have broken the law with what's gone on here. Um, is that Should that be changed, or it sounds to me like you think, no, that, that makes really, really good sense when we're talking about issues of national intelligence. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, and so I, I don't want to get too in the weeds. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. wrote a book, <laughs> but I did write a book. You know, I, I uh, worked for CSIS for uh, around a decade, and I wrote my memoir, I Was Never Here, which is about my experience working for uh, CSIS. And I was very aware of my obligations under the Security Information Act, what I was and was not allowed to say. You know, that obviously is limiting uh, when I talk about my career and things I did and things I learned. Uh, that's clearly spelled out. I, you know, respect that and, and made sure that. Nothing I wrote would jeopardize any investigations I was a part of or that are ongoing. Uh, I think whistleblowers, where there is in the public interest, where you are uncovering wrongdoing, you know, those are separate from just kind of dumping classified Mm -hmm. documents on because you think more people should see it, right? Uh, You know, I think that is 
you know, different in my mind, and you know, let the lawyers decide legally yeah. what that classification is. Exactly. Yeah, they'll figure that out. But his yeah. and as you mentioned, um, the defense here is well. Listen, we did what we were supposed to do. We did pass it along to the appropriate people and you know offices that need to look at this sort of thing, and nobody did anything about it. And I thought it was so important and so much uh, in the national interest that people needed to know about this. Do you have to put any credence in that? I mean, what else was he supposed to do or her supposed, she's supposed to do? Well, you know, I, I talked about this a little bit online, but there, there are other ways. I mean, you can resign. I, I don't know who this person is or their role uh, and what they had access to, but certainly if they were to resign, appoint a principal, if they were a senior public servant and say, you know, from, from information that's available publicly, there have been reports we saw in Sakop redacted reports, but FISA itself releases a, a public report in 2020 that said foreign interference is a serious problem. And Sakop uh, overviews uh, thesis and wrote a report with recommendation saying, you know, the government needs to look into this. This is a pressing issue. And we know that, or, or we don't believe the government has done much to address it. So I think you can, you can make a, a pretty, you know, a good case on information that's publicly available if you are a certain level and say, I'm resigning this. Uh, because I think it was not handled appropriately. And you can run for office. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be a decision maker. You can say that this is an issue that's important to me, and I think we need to put it on the radar. And I just feel like leaking documents, uh, selective documents that could injure our national security is not you know, the, the right way or the best way to do it. When, when we have this information that we can use to make a pretty strong case that you know, more should have been done and to ask the questions about you know, who saw this information and was their response appropriate? Because I think ultimately that's the question we need to ask. Yes. Which is okay. Well, you know, who got this? Who got this information? And what do they do with it? And let's judge them on that. And I think we had enough uh, information that said this. These are widely circulated. Uh, these went different people, and you know what happened, and what didn't happen, and, and why. You mentioned, and I think it's a really important point that we need to take a look at. I mean, we, we had U.S. President Joe Biden in the country just last week. I'm sure they discussed this situation, and we know there's questions about the way our allies are looking at the way we're handling our relationship with China from start to finish. And there's a lot of people think, that think our allies are not at all impressed with it. So something like this, how does this, not only our national reputation, but the reputation of our intelligence service, um, when something like this is happening, what do our allies think when they look at it? Well, it's always a concern. We're not alone in having issues that have come up where information's gotten out. I think in this case, it's our own information. So they're probably, uh, you know, it wasn't as though, uh, as far as I know, foreign uh, foreign uh, information or intelligence that was collected by our partners was released. This was our this was our own that got out. It's not a great look. You don't you don't like to see it, especially since it just you know, hasn't stopped. It's still going. So I think it's a concern about you know, what else is is coming down the road. Um, but you know, all, all intelligence services have had issues, uh, have issues. So there's some understanding there. Um, but it's, it's not great. And we've traditionally had a, a pretty good reputation. Um, we'd like to continue because, you know, we do receive a lot of, uh, intelligence from our partners. We're a smaller player, uh, on the world stage. We're obviously next to the U.S., the U.K., Australia, and the Five Eyes community in New Zealand. Uh, we want to make sure that we kind of honor our obligations in that relationship. What should be done, Andrew, in, in this particular, is there, and I guess the question I'm asking in, um, in your mind, is there something that does rise to the level of, oh, to hell with the reputation and with the procedure, and this is so important that um, he's done the right thing? Or, it, like you say, there is, there is other things that he could have done. 
you know, is there an instance where it does make sense for an intelligence professional to say, you know what, this is so important to the national interest and it's not being handled properly that I'm going to take it into my own hands? Should that ever happen? I get that I come at this from a perspective of a practitioner who has been on the side of, of yeah. keeping uh, the secrets and being out there, right? So obviously, uh, when we're talking about this in the public, uh, you know, I feel an obligation to raise the concern that when we leak information, uh, there is a, a risk and a threat to our national security. That, that does not have does not have no consequences. I'm sorry, how many negatives I could put in one sentence, but uh, there are consequences when we let this get out. And mm-hmm. I think the argument on the other side is that yeah, this is. You know, this has raised an important conversation that clearly there's something that we need to be doing here. And, and we're having a debate about what that is, a, a rapporteur or a, uh, you know, or a public inquiry. Um, I just I get very uncomfortable when people make those decisions for themselves. Right. That this one person has decided that I, I think this is important. I'm going to leak it. and I'm going to hope for the best. And the reason we have these laws is to, is to take that out of individuals hands, that we have channels where information goes through. So. You can't just say, oh, I think this is, report is important, and uh, I don't think the right people have done anything, so I'm just going to you know, shoot, out a, uh, shoot this out on social media. So as, as much as in this case if people might feel uh, that this is, this is great and good and a good conversation has happened, um, I don't think we want to have a habit of our intelligence service uh, or people who work in national right. security uh, just kind of feeling like they're able to, to, to dump stuff. And, you know, that's... That's the broader concern it that is. maybe sometimes can get lost in the uh, in the in the conversation if we think it's a positive one. You're absolutely right. I mean, the rules are in place for a reason, and uh, if you start saying, "Well, but in this case, maybe," then you start the why, why have the rules? And there's all kinds of yeah, issues well, that arise. Well, I, you know, I know better, and, and that's yeah, yeah, uh, that kind of ingrained in all of us. It's it's we have proper channels. We pass it up, and and as public servants, uh, which. You know, our, our, our job is to collect and advise, right? CSIS's mandate is to collect, analyze, and advise government on threats to national security. And the, and the governments make the decisions. Uh, and if sometimes you can get frustrated, absolutely. Um, and that is just kind of a, a challenge of the role. Uh, and if you want to be a decider, you kind of have to get in the decider business rather than mm-hmm. collector mm-hmm. and advising business. And I think that's where this has gotten a little, a little murky. Um, and as I said, from, from, from my perspective, that's, that's just something I, I want to remind people. Yeah. I know that no, uh, we're getting very excited about uh, this is great. We're having an important conversation. I agree. <laughs> you know, I was in the national security. I was collecting and advising on, on these types of threats. So I think they are important and dedicated 10 years of my life to it. Uh, just, as I said, uh, I feel for my former colleagues who are probably now back at their desk doing a bit of damage control, trying to figure out, okay, what's, well, next? what's next and, yeah. how, and how does this, affect uh, our sources and our methods. Andrew, I think they're all excellent points, and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, sir.